All day long. I don't know anything better to praise. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know of anything better to praise. And He is a good Father. He is good all the time. Thankfully, He's good all the time. Because Lord knows I'm not. But when I am weak, He is strong. Amen? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise Him all the day. All the day. When I wake up, I want my eyes to be stayed on Jesus. There's no way to get through the day without it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want to get right into it tonight. Um, A few quick announcements just before I do. Um, We're already in the... Middle of June, it's supposed to be some lazy days, but it's been uh, quite an eventful week at Tree of Life Church, going back to last Wednesday night's pastor's 30th birthday. Amen. That was a good time. Bishop Buller, I'm glad you're all right. Amen. (laughs) Amen. And then Sunday night, amen, if you were able to make the Pentecost service Praise God, that was a mighty time in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God moved in a mighty way. It's good to come together with the body of Christ and worship our mighty God. He looks down on that and sees his whole body worshiping together. And that gets the attention of God. And we saw him move in a mighty way at the end of that service because of that. Thank you, Jesus. And if you were there for the uh, end of the service... Our pastor, our very own Pastor Urshan, was uh, voted in as the president of the Day of Pentecost Celebration Foundation. Amen. Amen. There's been a, a mighty foundation laid, laid be- between Bishop Bowers, Bishop Buller, Pastor Lavelle and Daniel, Pastor Urshan already. And I believe it's going to just continue to grow. I believe it's going to help reach our city like just one church can't do. But we're going to be able to come together with all of our differences and all of our similarities and be able to show a city and a nation what the kingdom of God looks like. Amen. I believe it, and I know it's going to happen because the foundation's been laid, and that's God's plan. That's God's purpose is for all of his people, whatever we look like, wherever we come from, that's what the kingdom is going to look like. And we saw a glimpse of that Sunday night, amen, and we see that here at Tree Life Church. I'm thankful for what we have here at Tree Life Church. And uh, so I give honor to Pastor, and I, I'm excited to see, see him take over and take even further steps in the Pentecost Foundation. And in the last few days, at the same time, we also need prayer for a lot of families. Within a 24-hour period, we had three families have immediate losses, um, and we just want to hold them up in prayer um, Brother Joey Sennett, uh, his dad passed away, so we want to hold Brother Joe and Sister Haley Sennett up in prayer. Um, Diane, uh, what's the last name? Souter. Diane Souter lost her son, Jimmy Souter, which is also uh, the cousin of Brian Shelley, so we want to hold them up in prayer. And Winston Norris lost his brother suddenly. Um, overnight, a couple of nights ago. So we want to hold all them up in prayer and uh, continue to just be the tree of life for them and show them that we love them. And pray for my, my wife and my daughter and my mother-in-law as they travel home from Iowa. 
I love them and miss them and can't wait to see them again. So if we could hold all them up in prayer, that would be wonderful. Amen. So I do want to get straight into the word tonight. Um, Psalm chapter 8. I want to go ahead and just read the whole chapter, but it says, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth, who have set your glory above the heavens, out of the mouth of babes and nursing infants. You have ordained strength because your enemies, that you may silence the enemy and the avenger. When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you visit him? For you have made him a little lower than the angels, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands. Dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, the birds and the air, of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. And I just the uh, thought tonight is, who am I that God is mindful of me? Who am I that God is mindful of me? If we can pray, Lord, we thank you, Jesus. For the presence we already feel, Lord God, right now, tonight, your presence is here. I pray for anointing for myself and for everyone here, God, to receive your word, to bask in your word, Lord Jesus, to take it, God, to use it for our lives, to grow in you, God. In the name of Jesus, we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. I would say that David is if not my favorite, one of my favorite people in, in the whole Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, whatever it is, um, because like so many of us, maybe some of you don't have them, but like so many of us, he had a lot of issues. Um, my wife would probably say I do, but um, I think we all do when we really look at ourselves and think about ourselves. But if you look at David and you read the book of Psalms, it's, it's just one thing after another. He's up, he's down, he's over here, he's over there. He's praising God. He's crying out to God. He's crying out to re, for repentance. He, he's giving him victory, thanking him for victory. On down the line, he's all over the place throughout this whole book. And that's pretty much how I, I would say that we all are. If, if you're not, you probably have a coworker or a family member, somebody else that it's like, okay, what's coming today? Where are they, where are they going to be at today? And I believe that starts just because sometimes we lose sight of what our identity is, who we are, and who we're supposed to be, and that God is mindful of us and of me. So we get so quick to have our emotional response. Our, emotion, our emotions take hold of us and cause a response in a situation or a reaction to a situation that we forget about exactly who we are and we fall back to that old nature, that old man, if you will, and kind of forget about exactly what does God say that I am? Who does God say that I am? And he is mindful of me. And that's what David did so often and so many times. So when I look at him, I can just see a glimpse of all of us sometimes, certainly myself sometimes, where it's like I, I quickly respond or I, or I quickly fall back to that old nature of, well, what's going to happen now? This is going to turn out bad, or what kind of bad news 
is coming next or how far down the bad road is this going to go? Meanwhile, God is saying, no, that's not the plan that I have for you. Why are you falling back into the lies of the enemy when you know that I'm mindful of me? We just read right there how God has victory, how he has taken the victory. So if he's taken that victory, how am I going to start to feel like, oh, well, this time you're not going to come through, God. The children of Israel, this time, it's not going to happen. This time, maybe, maybe it's going to be that worst case scenario, whatever it may be. And if it does happen that way, God is still good, like we just sang. God is still on the throne, and there is a purpose for whatever he is bringing into our life or my life. So I have to always remember that he is mindful of me at all times. Right now, God is sitting on the throne. Right now, he is sitting on the throne. We're in Cincinnati, Ohio, in the midst of yet another rainstorm. With a lot of stuff that has come in here, without a doubt, a crowd this size, there's something on each and every one of our minds that we're struggling with, dealing with, concerned about, have anxiety about, whatever the case may be. We can go around this room, like I just said, we've lost three people that are directly related to people in this church. That's a lot to deal with. That's a lot to process. That's a lot to comprehend. And we continue to always put it on our shoulders. And say, well, I've got to get up and carry it for my wife, my loved one, my husband, my children, whatever it may be. And we start to go down that road and start to get weighed down. Fill that backpack up. Meanwhile, God is saying, I'm mindful of you. I'm thinking of you right now. I see you right now. And right now as he's on the throne, the cherubims, the angels are flying around, giving him praise and giving him glory. While we're here trying to figure things out and think about, okay, how do I take care of this? How do I fix this? But David, David was aware of that. He caught, he caught this revelation. He caught who God is and that God is mindful of him. And that's why he was able to, to pour all that out as we read through all the books of Psalms, why we see him continuing to say, oh Lord, God, forgive me. I've messed up again. I've done this. I've done that. Or thank God for having victory over my enemies. Or thank God for blessing me with this. Thank God for what you did. He was able to understand that revelation. And I also think that we can relate to him in so many other ways too. How, when he was just a shepherd boy, how many of us go to our, our jobs each day thinking, here I am again at my my mundane job and my mundane life. I'm coming in, I'm sitting in my cubicle or I'm going to my construction site or whatever it may be and I'm just going to plug away again. Here we go again. As he's out there on this in this field with this flock every day thinking, wait a second, I've, I've killed a bear. I, I've killed a lion. Does anybody recognize what I've done? All the while, we're out there slaying giants too. Don't mistake don't think that you're not accomplishing something. He was supposed to be king. He was anointed king even back then. You're anointed kings right now. You're all anointed. We are all anointed kings in this kingdom. If you've got the Holy Ghost or you're going to get the Holy Ghost, whatever it is, you have also got an anointing on your life just like David did. So don't doubt for a minute that when you go to that job or when you go to that next family event or whatever it may be that you're like, well, okay, here I go again. I'm just going to go in and, and be my quiet little self and, and do my little part. And 
I'm not going to make an impact on anything. Here I go leaving again, and it's just another day. You're making an impact because God is mindful of you at that very minute. Wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, God is mindful of you. And David caught that and understood that and said, Lord God, I'm going to give you everything. I'm going to give you the cries. I'm going to give you the praise. I'm going to give you the glory because I understand that you are mindful of me. And when we understand that, that's when we can go to God and say, okay, this is how I'm feeling right now, God. This is just me being honest with you. Can I be honest with myself and be honest with you, Lord? This is how I'm feeling right now. And it may not be the appropriate way for me to come to you. I may not have came and prayed through the tabernacle plan. I may not have did the Lord's prayer or did whatever it is that I'm supposed to do to get in touch with you. But I'm just pouring myself out to you right now because right now I feel beat. Right now, I feel defeated. Right now, I feel alone. Right now, no one else can understand me. So I'm just going to pour it out on you. And thank God he's mindful of us and can take it. And we'll say, I hear you, child. I hear exactly what you're saying. And that's okay that you didn't go through all the proper protocol that you may need to do. You were just being honest with me. David was honest with himself and with God. We think sometimes that, oh, I've done so much. David did some pretty big stuff. We don't have to get into it necessarily. I mean, he committed adultery and murdered the the husband of the woman. It's a pretty big deal. I don't know that anybody here has done that. I'm thinking probably not. So he's done some big stuff. But yet he still went before God saying, Lord, I'm going to keep coming back to you. I'm going to keep giving you all of this because I don't know where else to turn. I don't know where else to go, and there's not going to be an answer from anybody else. My brothers certainly don't want to hear it. My dad certainly doesn't want to hear it. They're not even going to put me out on this battlefield. But you, my Lord, my God, my Savior, my King, will understand exactly what I'm saying and are going to receive what I'm saying because you do love me. I'm thankful that God is mindful of me tonight. That's what we have to understand and what we have to get. I've got to be honest with myself. I've got to be honest with you, God. I can't be coming to you saying, oh, I'm perfect, but I slipped up this one time. It says we're all sinners. It comes short of the glory of God. I'm not going to stand here tonight and say we shouldn't overcome sin. We need to do everything that we can do, but we've got to battle it, and we've got to understand that God cares about us and loves us and is mindful of us. There's some ways that we have to understand to defeat this and defeat this enemy, just like the publican when he went before God. The Pharisee was saying, oh, I'm not this, I'm not that. But that publican stood there and beat his chest and said, God, I'm a sinner. This is who I am, and this is what I am. Because he was honest with himself. He was honest with himself, and he was honest with God. And that's when Jesus said, whoa, wait a second. Somebody's got something figured out right now. And I'm thankful for the fact that when I came back to church, when I came back to God, he helped me start to understand some of these things right away because I struggled with my past and with my history and what all I did and the sinner that I was out in the world. And I'm still a sinner today because I'm still in this flesh. But we know that we fight this every day. We know that we repent and we die every day. The important thing is for me to remember, God, you love me. And that's how I have victory every day over this sin. It's because you're mindful of me, God. And I'm going to understand that. And I'm not going to fall into the trap of the enemy, of to Satan, and believe those lies that he's going to try and tell us. When we make that one mistake, whatever it may be. And then the condemnation hits. The guilt hits. 
Again, we need to overcome the sin. We need to fight the sin. We need to resist it, and the devil will flee. But the fact is we're in a fleshly body, and we're going to make mistakes. It's not time to leave the church when you make a mistake. Because leaving God and leaving church are two different things. There's no question about it. But I can assure you when you leave the church, you're probably going to leave God right thereafter. Because this is where you're going to get fed. This is where you're going to grow. This is where you can repent. This is where you can find restoration. And when you understand that God is mindful of me, when God is mindful of you, that's when you can fight that battle. And the enemy has no power at that point in time. He has power when he's tricking you into thinking, Okay, I've messed up too much this time. David didn't say, I messed up this too much, God. He went back to God and said, Lord, I really messed up this time. But my God, you love me. You're mindful of me. Remember what you did for me? I remember how much you love me. The cross hadn't even happened yet, but David knew and understood, this is how much you love me. So I'm going to come to you, God. We go too many times to get affirmation from other people. We go to other people too many times. We're going to flawed people. Flawed people going to flawed people to get affirmation. We're not going to get affirmation that way. It's coming to the understanding that, my God, Lord, you know, I'm not perfect. I don't have it all together. One person did. That was you when you came down here in the flesh. When you walked in this flesh, when you lived this life, that was the only perfect life that has ever walked this earth. That was it. So when I understand that, I can be honest with myself and say, okay, it's okay. It's okay that, I, that, I, that I've got this issue or, or that this reaction comes out of me in, in these times. But I have power over it when I understand that I overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of my testimony. That's when I say, okay, I'm going to be honest with myself and say, okay, Lord, I did this. Now I'm coming to you with repentance. I'm not going to let the condemnation hang over my head because that's what the enemy wants, that condemnation that to grip you because there's no judgment over there. There is. It doesn't feel like there is. It feels like just like Adam and Eve, I'm going to go ahead now. I'm going to hide from you, Lord. I'm going to hide over here. Meanwhile, God is saying, look, I already know you messed up. I already know the mistake that you made. And there's going to be some consequences of that, but, but I still love you. And come before me and let me see you. Let me talk to you again. And that's God right now. The difference is we've got the cross. The veil has been torn. And we can go to that and say, Lord God, I've messed up. But you know what? That veil's been torn. So now I can come to you and I can say, Lord, cleanse me of it yet again. Pour that blood over me yet again. My God, I don't know why this was the road that God took me down the night. It was today. It was going a different direction, and this is just what God laid on my heart so strong. But to say, look, I'm mindful of you. I know who you are, and I know the mistakes that you make. And you're going to do that because you're in that fallen nature. You are in that flesh. So go ahead. But when you do it, understand it and be honest with yourself and be honest with me. It's when we try to hide that, those things from us. It's when we, we try to hide those deep things inside of us that, uh, that we don't want to talk about, we don't want to think about because it makes us uncomfortable with ourselves. And we think, well, if I think about that and I'm uncomfortable with myself, what is that saying to anybody else? If somebody knows that about me, oh, goodness, what are they going to think? Am I going to be able to have my status? Am I going to be able to have my position in, in church or at work or in my family? Are they going to think so highly of me then? we got to be honest. 
got to be honest with ourselves and then honest with God. And then that's when he can start to take those things out and say, okay, now that you recognize it, now that you're honest with yourself and you've shared it and you've told me and you've poured yourself out, to me, your mighty God that already knows that it's there, I can start purging that out of you. I can start taking that out of you. I remember coming back, Lord Jesus, coming back to God and to church and just thinking, how how am I going to get to there? And pick whatever saint it is that, that you look at and you say, wow, they've got it together. Well, the truth of the matter is, I guarantee you they're struggling with some stuff too. For me, always looking up at the platform and seeing Brother Carl Wolfangle play away at that, that violin, I thought, my Lord, my God, look at this man, 70-some-odd years serving you and doing this. But the truth of the matter is, Brother Carl, I'm sure, faced his own problems too, as we all do. But that's when God can say, okay, now I can start taking it out of you. And I remember that, doing almost an inventory of such over six months, two months, or three months, four months of being back to serving God. And every, every few months thinking, oh, wow, look at what you, what you took out, God, and then look at what you, what you replaced it with. So we got to understand that you're not going to come in, so somebody needs to hear this tonight, that you're not going to come in and all of a sudden be, um, you know, laying hands and seeing people healed and, and, and just running and shouting and just performing miracles. It's okay. It's okay to come back to God and let him start cleansing a little bit out of you at a time and start putting some of the good things that he has for you in. And I would do that occasionally, six months, 12 months, a couple years, and be like, wow, look at what you did, God. Look at what you did because you are mindful of me. And when we remember he's mindful of us, that's when we start to say, wow, look at these strides. They're no longer just little steps. Now I'm taking big steps. The next thing you know, you're running. And it's all because God is mindful of each and every one of us. And he has that perfect plan for us. He wants to see us live in him, in victory. That's where the victory comes from, in Jesus Thank you, Lord. But I got to be honest. I got to be honest with myself. And I also have to know that the enemy is on full attack. He is on full attack on each and every one of us. And the thing is, he doesn't have any new tricks. There's, there's no new playbook. He didn't all of a sudden go back to the, to the drawing board with his, his coordinators and his other coaches or the demons and say, okay, let's start coming up with a, a new plan and, and devising some new tricks and some, some new ways to get people down. He studies us, but the thing is, he probably doesn't even have to study us long because he knows your parents, he knows their parents, and he knows, okay, this worked on them. So it's probably going to go ahead and work on their kids too. So let's just keep employing the same thing over and over again and to the point where he doesn't even have to to stay there. He doesn't even have to have his demons there watching or anything like that. It's just put it on replay and watch us keep falling down in those same traps and those same hold again. He has no new tricks. It's the same thing. And let's look at what Paul said in Romans 1 and 29. It says, being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, Full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, 
inventors of evil, thing, of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. These are things that he keeps using time and time and time again. If we find ourselves getting to the point where we're starting to become any of those things, it's time for us to take an inventory and say, how did I get here? What's happened? What lies have I started to receive from the enemy? What, what lie has, has Satan told me yet again? This is who you are, remember? It's time to start taking an inventory and saying, wait a second, God, you are mindful of me. This is not who I am. And we can fall into that trap so quick and so easy that we don't even know that we've done it. It just takes one thing, that one, that one person that continues to, to get you in that right spot, that coworker, that family member, whatever it is that, that all of a sudden, and so many people, I've, trust me, I've talked to enough people going through things that they say, I was feeling good and then this. And I'm sure we can all think, I can think about it. I was feeling good until so-and-so said this. Or I came in ready to work and have a good day, and that person in that cube right next to me did the same thing that they do every morning. I thought I was going to have victory over today, but as soon as they did it, oh, that just crept up inside of me. And here I go again down that road of being whatever, fill in the blank. And then you're saying, okay, good, I got you again. There we go. But God is, I'm mindful of you. I'm mindful of you right now. I'm mindful of you right now. Look at Paul again in 1 Timothy. Uh, Verse 8, but we know that the law is good in one if one uses it lawfully. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for the lawless and insubordinate, for the ungodly and for the sinners, for the unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, uh, for manslayers, for fornicators, for sodomites, for kidnappers, for liars, for perjurers, and if there is any other thing uh, that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. Paul's saying this is the things to look forward to. But he's saying if you're like me, if you've got the Holy Ghost, it's not technically supposed to be for us. So why do we continue to fall into these traps and to these things? It's again, I would say tonight it's because we have forgotten that God is mindful of us when we have that understanding. God, you love me. You are mindful of me. So I'm not going to continue to fall in those traps. Because I'm going to say, Lord, that's not what you have for me. You're none of those things. We know where Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit. We know what, when he talks about that, he's saying that's who we are supposed to be. That's who we are in the Holy Ghost. But yet we continue to find ourselves falling down to those things. And Paul's saying those are for the people that have to serve and live under the law. We should be able to be above that. If you've got the Holy Ghost tonight, we should be able to say, God, you are mindful of me, and I'm not going to fall into those traps so quickly, because when I do, I'm back in that snare, and then Satan is going to use me for his purpose instead of God using me for his purpose. I want to see the kingdom of God be glorified. I want to see the kingdom of God be expanded. I want to see the kingdom of God grow. When we say increase my territory, he's not going to increase our territory when we're living in this. When we're making these sinful choices and mistakes. But again, we're going to do it. And I have to say, wait a second. Wait a second, Lord God. You're mindful of me. That's what David understood. 
That's why it says David was a man after God's own heart, because he was chasing God's heart. That's why it talks about John the Beloved. John the Beloved, he understood, he got it. So when I get it, when I get that knowledge and that understanding that God loves me, when I get it down inside of my bones and in my heart, that you know what, God, you love me, and that's all there is to it. It doesn't matter. Right now it's unconditional because judgment has not come yet. So you love me right now. When I get that understanding, when John got that understanding, when David got it, Satan had no more power. That power was taken from them. Pastor preached about it the other day. Those keys, you got those keys now. Now we can say, hold on a second. I'm not going to live defeated. I'm not going to live down in this mire anymore because I understand, God, you're mindful of me and you care about me and you love me. So I don't have to be defeated anymore. It says the enemy has been defeated. The enemy's already been defeated. But yet we continue to fall back down and get into that defeated state because, again, we forget, my God, you are mindful of me. I overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of my testimony. We know what the blood of the Lamb is. The word of my testimony isn't anything that I did. It's nothing that I can ever do on my own. It still is the blood of the Lamb. That's my testimony. That's what I can look at and say, hold on a second, Satan. I hear, I hear the lies you're putting in my head. I hear you trying to tell me who I am. But you know what? I know what my testimony is. It's the blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb has been poured over me. I've been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. I've been filled with your Holy Spirit. I know that the power is inside of me. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. I don't know. I pray that we get it, church. I pray that you understand that God is mindful of me. I pray that you understand that God loves you. I pray that you have the revelation that John the Beloved had, that nothing's going to keep me from that cross. Nothing's going to keep me from running and being the first one at that cross. Nothing's going to cause me to not be like David and not say, you know what, I'm going to pour it out to you, God, right now, because once again, I just need you. Because I'm not going to get it from somebody else. That affirmation is not going to come from somebody else. And I don't care what kind of a complex you've, you've been, that's been put in your mind. Because Satan, from whatever young age it was, started to tell you that this is what you are. And this is what you always be. And when that thing happens, whatever it is, that falls back to that. Because we sing about a good, good father. Maybe some of you didn't have a good father. Maybe some of you didn't have a good family life. Whatever it may be, maybe uh, just growing up and going through some kind of an experience as a child or even as an adult has put you into this place where I'm going to fall back into to believe in that lie that Satan's telling me, well, yeah, I'm a liar. Uh, I'm an adulterer. Uh, I, I'm whatever it may be. Fill in the blank with all the things that we just read about. Satan's got you again saying, got you again. He's going to use somebody or something and then he's going to trick your mind and saying, yep, okay. And then how long does it take to come out of that? How long does it take to pray out of that? How far can you go and get away from God when you start believing those things and forgetting, my God is mindful of me. My God does love me. And I used to struggle with that. I love God because God first loved me. He loved me first. 
And I always thought, oh, wait a second, hold on now. I don't, I don't know if I'm comfortable with that. God had to love me first. Did he have to love me first? No, he didn't, but he did. He did love me first. I, I don't have the ability to love like a mighty God, the creator of all things, the creator of, of this universe, a mighty, all-knowing God. I don't have that ability to love unconditionally, to love like he loves. So the fact that he loves us, that he loved me before I could ever love him, it was because he loved me that I was able to come back from the life and the things that I had done. It was because of that love that I can repent. It was because of that love I can come to an altar and say, Lord, okay, here it is. I'm coming to you yet again because I messed up or I did this or I said that or I put my loved one in this position because of what I said to them. Whatever it may be, I don't know. We all have our own things and our own struggles and the things that we're going through. But because he first loved me, I can come back to an altar again. I can come back to a cross again. And I can say, my God, forgive me. Help me. Keep perfecting me. Keep perfecting me because I can't do it on my own. We don't take salt from the salt mine and put it straight on the dining room table. It goes through a process. It has to go through a process of being refined and perfected. You can't eat it straight out of the mind because it'll make you sick. God's just saying, hey, I'm going to take you, and I'm going to keep making you better. I'm going to keep perfecting you because to get into my kingdom, I need to keep perfecting you. I need to keep getting into that place. So if we keep walking and we keep stepping and we keep saying, Lord God, here I am at the altar again. Here I am, Lord God, repenting again. Why would the Bible tell us to die daily? Why would Paul say to die daily? Why would it tell us to repent in Acts 2.38? It says we get baptized once, but we keep repenting. If you got the Holy Ghost, absolutely. You, you can be refilled or whatever it is and, and, and get you know, on fire some more again. But the fact is, repentance never stops. It never stops. So I'm thankful for God that is mindful of me because if he wasn't mindful of me, he wouldn't have given us this blueprint and said, here's how you do it. Here's what I expect you to do every day. I want you to continue to seek me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and I'll take care of the rest of it. Don't worry about what they're saying or how you're, you're the person that you love, your spouse or whatever it is, how they're reacting. Let them, you, you can only be responsible for yourself. I can only be responsible for myself to God. And that's what I was talking about, about being honest. I have to be honest and responsible. I know what your word says, God. And I'm going to keep studying, and I'm going to keep going into that prayer closet because I know that you love me, and I know you've got better for me. So I'm going to keep doing it. But, and when I understand that, and when I can say, okay, I, I am going to be honest with myself, and I am going to recognize that, and I am going to say, I'm responsible for me, God. It's not Pastor Urshan. I can't have him every time I've got a need or I've messed up tell me, okay, well, this is what you got to do, this is what you got to do, and then go over here and do this, and now you got to go do this. He's going to tell us what the Word says. Amen. He's going to tell us what this says, and he's going to tell you what that says. He's going to tell me what it says. But he doesn't know every single thing about every integral part of us, and we don't know what's going on with him. Our pastor is dealing with uh, a million things with a, a church this size, his own family, his own problems that he's dealing with. So we all are going through them. Thank God pastor's going to lead us. He's going to preach this word as true as it is. 
and we can get fed just by coming in and hearing what the Word says from this pulpit. Somebody recently said something about getting counseling, and I said, absolutely, we, we can counsel you, or, or, we, or we can find someone for you, but I can guarantee you, you're not going to get any better counsel than what you'll get from this pulpit. It's going to be the best counsel you'll ever get, because I'm not going to manipulate how I'm counseling you or what I'm saying to you, and, and you're going to be completely unaware of what, what is coming from this pulpit. So you haven't told me or your counselor or Pastor Urshan or, who, or whomever it is exactly what's going on and tried to maybe leave this detail out because, oh, they might think I'm weird if I tell them that or, oh, they're going to really think I'm crazy if I tell them that. So I'll just tell them a portion of that and then you're expecting somebody to go ahead and correct all that. And amen, we need it, we do it. There's plenty of people that benefit much from going to see Christian counselors. A Christian counselor, somebody that's in the Word, or from talking to a pastor. But you're not going to get any better counsel than what comes from this pulpit. Because it's unadulterated and it's straight from God. And there's so many times that people will come up to you and say, Oh, you, he- you helped me so much when you said this. And it's like, wait, I don't even remember saying that. That was nowhere in what, what I was thinking about, preaching about, or whatever I was going to talk about tonight. But God has used whoever's preaching to go ahead and send that word, and it will pierce you, and it will help you. And you know then, that was from God. That was directly from God. And that's how we can get the best counsel that we can ever get. Because it's coming from God. And you know why it is? It's because he's mindful of you. It's because he's mindful of you. I'm coming to a close with the musicians will come. But if we can just keep that, my God, if we can just keep that every day, at the top of mind, that he is mindful, that he cares. We also believe the lies that, oh, God doesn't care about that. God doesn't care about this. Satan is constantly bombarding your mind with lies. And the more that you're in the world or listening to what the world says, the less you're going to hear God, the less you're going to hear this. So many times we come into a service, and who knows what we've brought into this place, and it might be three songs in, or halfway through the preaching that we're like, wow, now I feel the Holy Ghost. Now I feel and hear the word of God coming. But if we woke up every day and just said, I woke up this morning with my mind and it was stayed on Jesus. And I'm thinking about you right now, God. And whatever I'm dealing with, whatever complex in my mind, whatever insecurity that I'm dealing with, whatever sin I'm dealing with, whatever lie I'm believing, whatever problem I have in my marriage or with my children or with my parents or on my job, everything, every bit of that, every bit of that is answered right here. Every bit of that is answered by saying, God, you are mindful of this situation right now. Don't ever walk into a situation and say, God doesn't care about this right now. He is mindful of you. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And you'll start to see things happen. You'll start to see chains break. Go to that prayer closet before you go to your friend. And you'll start seeing something change in that situation. You'll see your job change. Can we all stand and just raise our hands and seek God just for a minute? Ask him to speak to our hearts and to our minds and thank him. Let's thank him for being mindful of you. Take a minute and just say, Lord, I'm thankful that you are mindful of me right now. Because you're a good father and you care, God. 
take a minute to just say, Lord, I thank you, Jesus. If you want to come forward and seek him for a minute, his presence is here. I thank you, Jesus, for it, God. I thank you for being mindful of me at all times. I thank you for caring enough about me, Lord God, that you're present in my situations. I thank you for caring about me enough, God, to answer when I call your name. I thank you enough, God, that just like David, I can cry out and just pour out to you at any moment and say, Lord, I don't even know how to say it or what to say, but you care about me. You're thinking about me right now, even on your throne. Your ways are higher. Your thoughts are higher. Your knowledge is higher. But somehow you care about me, God. Somehow you care enough to when I just cry your voice out, even if I can't scream out your name, I can just say, Jesus. I can just say, Jesus. Jesus. And that presence comes into my situation and into my place and begins to influence. Amen. Somebody needs to feel his presence tonight. Somebody, somebody needs to come forward and let him speak to you tonight. Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. I praise your mighty name, God. Jesus, I worship you, God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for caring, God. Thank you for loving me, God. Thank you, Jesus.